Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to this Smackdown preview <laughs> with myself, Michael Sidgwick, <laughs> and fellow Dudley boy, Michael Hamlet. We are here to discuss everything and there's not much of it as ever on tonight's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite. <laughs> this is Rampage, baby. Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have wrestling interviews, roundtable discussions, and hosting. Roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. How does he ad lib? I was really, I was like, oh my god, yeah. he's what the best in the goddamn business. He's so good. Adam Wilborn deserves his flowers. Yeah, I think all the time. The thing that young people say on Twitter. Yeah, that old people also say while writing in lowercase, and it's like, grow up. What? Go <laughs> <laughs> hang on, Paige. Like you actually have to. You're in your thirties. Like you'll shift. You got the first couple of letter. Like when you start a new sentence, it does it automatically. I know. You have to delete that letter and make it look that way. I know. What are you playing at? I know. If you're on a laptop, yeah, right. It's one thing, but everyone's yes. on their phones doing it. Aye. They're going back and deleting, and then sometimes it deletes the whole word, and you're like, "This isn't the point." Like, but why would I do that just to make my Twitter voice an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Generously? Hell like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah and lowercase. Hell yeah. There's a, there's a, I don't know what the name of the group is, right? I'm, there's like really super invested old school indie wrestling message board posters who mm-hmm. are kind of like um, lap. I think they are connected by being former Observer Newsletter board members mm-hmm. who are no longer on it, but they've kept in touch. And, right. Did you ever join that? I was a lurker on the Observer board. I never posted. Uh, I was a lurker. The the discourse looked too hard to get into. And then, like, Twitter comes along, and I was like, this is different. Yeah. It's not. There's a group of, like, 20 accounts, and they're all, like, really old. They're old people because they're talking about, like, CCW things. You know, like, they're they're, they're very cynical. You know, like... um, Lollapalooza episode of The Simpsons. Yes. Right? Are you being ironic, man? I don't <laughs> even know anymore. Like, that's what these people are. And my rule on Twitter, or it should be the rule on Twitter, is you're not allowed to take the piss out of, like, earnest, if a little bit corny takes, mm. if you yourself are incapable of having good, insightful takes. 
Yeah. You're Good only rule. allowed to take the piss out of takes if, but no, lowercase, oh, just as a gif of a head drop that just dropped from an indie match. Hell yeah. That's not take, asshole. Why don't, you, yeah. why don't you just log off? If you're going to say, hell yeah, do it with all caps like Byron Saxton would. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Ernest. Byron Saxton, like, his hell yeah. That's a good example of, like, if that was Twitter, that'd just be in earnest. I really like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. As you can tell, it's a SmackDown preview. There's not much to talk about. So we're going on tangents about as yet unnamed subgroups on Twitter who just need to log off or just stop watching wrestling. Yeah. We're analysts. Wilborn's a broadcaster. Yes. That's the difference, isn't it? He's a goddamn he's professional. He's so great at his job, and his job is really difficult more so than you think. It's a dream job. A dream job's going to be difficult as well. Um, yes, he's off the rails already. He's so good at what he does. There's, what, like three things announced no, for, or two things announced for Raw? We'll just uh, SmackDown? We'll just keep putting him over because we know but, secretly he's on. He's like, he's a best man on a stag do this weekend. And I think he will find time to listen to this before he finds time to watch SmackDown. Oh, God, I hope not. Like, I hope they're taking, like, I hope they're taking camera, baby. Like, I, I don't know about you. Like, I'd leave the kids with the Wilborns. Like, I think they'd have an absolute blast of a Saturday. Yes. But like, these podcasts are his children. And he's, yes. left, he's left them with us, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, um, which, you know, on like Radio One now or something, there's like a webcam in the studio. So a DJ has got to be seen to be like performatively enjoying what it is to be a DJ and playing tunes as well as just doing the job. If they had one in here, whenever I like am a guest on WrestleCulture, because rightfully so, I mean, you aren't really welcome unless we have to be in a substitute for WrestleCulture. And, and I know it. <laughs> I love watching him work at the very end when he hits the... Uh, it's the end of that tune that he plays at the end. It's like watching him back in a DJ studio yeah. getting the vocals to a song. It's like he does the roundup, but then you know sometimes if he's got to say more or less, if that. And like there's one more loop, and it's like, oh God, he's doing the uh, Twitter bit. How's he going to carry it out? And he just does. Yeah. Because he's just, he's hardwired from his days on radio to hit that. It's not even a vocal, but just hit the end. You know how some people are just born to do things? Yeah. He was born to be a radio guy. He yeah. just looks like one. He sounds like one. And then radio dies on its ass and it's but like rewards podcast. How does this when, like, biology and fatalism and determinism predate radio and technology? I don't know. <laughs> they predate Adam Wilborn. The mystery- Adam Wilborn has defied science. In many ways. The mysteries of life. <laughs> the mysteries of life. As you can tell, um, this is what happens when we have to preview um, a SmackDown, 50% of which... At time of recording, is um, worked by Natalia. You are right, Sidgwick. This is class and better than talking about Jonathan Gresham matches. <laughs> this, for once, Natalia's done. So- <laughs> for yeah, once, this has got more heat. For once, Natalia's done something interesting. Yeah. Now, it's Natalia versus Liv Morgan, right? And uh, you shoot, cowboy! You want to shoot, cowboy? Let's shoot. Um, well, so basically, at a house show in Sacramento, California, <laughs> um, at, the, at, the, at the weekend. That's exactly that place. It's an NPR podcast. This story starts in Sacramento, California. Sacramento, California. The Oracle was a Arena. threat match between Ronda Rousey, <laughs> Natalia, and Liv Morgan. <laughs> basically... Um, Ronda Rousey's selling on the outside because she can't possibly take the I finish. I was one for Christ's sake. <laughs> I was one for Christ's sake. So she's on the outside selling something or other so she doesn't have to be part of the M4. Liv Morgan does a finish. Natalia pops up, right? Literally points the finger mm. at Morgan. <laughs> it says something or gesticulates like, you goddamn bitch. <laughs> yeah. Attack me for real. I'm going to know sell your goddamn stuff. And then she just runs away. No one knows what's going on. Mm. Pay Observer Radio, right? Meltzer says that there was some kind of issue, but it wasn't between Natalia and Morgan, which makes me think, did, Ra- did Rousey do something in the match? Then Natalia being mates with Rousey and, you know, 
probably scared of the combat athlete, mm. is decided to just kick the cat. And I don't know what's going on here, but apparently there's an issue. Nothing to do with Morgan and Natalia. In fact... So you're suggesting that within that match, something manipulated itself to issue. And now we have a match on SmackDown as a result. Yes. My take on this is maybe Paul Heyman. This has got Heyman's fingerprints yeah. all over it. It said something to the effect of, Heyman likes this thing. It's a very weird late 90s thing where it's like, even if it makes no sense and, you know, it exposes the mirror. Any publicity is good publicity. If something goes awry and you can pretend it's a shoot, no matter what it sort of compromises the integrity of fiction-wise. because Becky Lynch doesn't want to work Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Is that a way to... Get a news is that the way to try and dominate the news cycle for a weekend and think, oh, well, they're wrestling on Friday, so let's just see if anything else goes awry. I mean, WWE can get away with at this point, and this is not even a subjective take, this is an objective one. Have you seen the goddamn numbers? Like, WWE continues to draw well, and the story we that was in our WhatsApp group that we've not really discussed on a podcast or really over the desks, the downright frightening news that the uh. The NXT 2.050 Plus could become the key demo based on the streaming industry. Have you seen this? You heard about this? Oh, yeah. Like, streaming services now reckon that, like, 50 Plus could be the, the new key demo based on viewing figures and viewer consistency and how much they watch shows for, meaning 2.0 might be targeting the most important group all along. Maybe they've just applied the thought that, well, some heat is better than no heat. What's the heat about? Don't know. Like, will the heat be sustainable? Probably not. Is it some heat? Yes. Yes. Like, it'll just get them through this week. It won't matter in seven days' time. Even the shoot, cowboy. Like, even Natalia and Liv Morgan's thing from, when was it, last weekend? Like, even that now wouldn't have come up in conversation had we not looked at what was on the show before coming in to record this, seen that they were promoting this match, and realised, well, one thing's got to be tied to the other, if only for tonight. If Court knew the Observer newsletter, which just dropped earlier this morning, um, it says that, uh, the finish ended up being a topic of conversation on the internet. It's funny because it wasn't a big deal at all live. We, um, uh, it's a bit uh, of a dickhead statement from Meltzer, isn't it? Like, huh, it's funny, it wasn't a topic. Of, yeah, like, are we plugged into what's happening live, Dave? No, with a frigging internet. Yeah, no. like, we rely on you to tell us what's happening backstage. <laughs> Those guys didn't even know what was actually happening. No, because we haven't got sources, Dave. Meltzer follows up by saying, it's like, you know, it's like, we got to take the piss. I love Meltzer, <laughs> but he's quite easy to take the piss out of. It's like, you know. Um, eight and a half minutes. Um, it was there. We got multiple reports and most fans didn't notice and even wrestlers there didn't. Ow, ow. But it did happen. A clip surfaced and after taking the finish, Natalia did get right back up and left the ring. It was confirmed to us that there was an issue, but it was settled that night. Um, so they probably just got bollocked. Yeah. But they're probably doing this match as a result because realistically they were going to do this anyway because they do the same things every week and, you know, Natalia's been in the title picture. Um... Do you think they'll lay in um, to either make use of this weird story they've penned or the one that has arisen, or is this going to be more interesting than usual? It's going to be more interesting than usual, but not by much. It's um, the first time that Seth Rollins and Riddle interacted, same sort of thing. The rematch for, uh, remember Charlotte and Nijak's rematch after the first one? Uh, that kind of thing. They, they know what people are tuning in for, so you get a little bit of it, and then obviously everything's cooperative and everything's fine and you can already hear the voices backstage can't you? it's like think about natty natty's business natty's all business she'll go out there she'll give it the best goddamn match of your goddamn life but she's business so like the, if there is a finish tonight it's going to be like natalia 
laying down and taking the pinfall and not popping up and pointing in Liv Morgan's face this time after taking it. Well, I, I think it's weird. Like, I think it's weird that they're not that the footage surfaced. It's, you know, like you could get the uh, curtain call getting filmed by somebody somehow sneaking a proper video camera into Madison Square Garden. So, of course, you're going to get things filmed on people's phones now. So I'm not surprised the footage is out there, um, nor am I surprised WWE are using it. But realistically, you c- it's the you're exactly right. It's the Paul Heyman paradox. You can't fold this into the storyline. Like, if you say they got into it a bit backstage, fine. You use the footage, you're just showing a wrestler popping up from a finisher and making wrestling look fake. Yeah. You cannot do that bit of it, even if you want to do the rest. So this is, is very limited as to how far they can push it. But what I will say is that if you imagine that there was zero heat and there was absolutely no story, the one thing Liv Morgan does need ahead of Ronda, of Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam is credible wins, and this is one of them. Absolutely. What was the other thing? Well, on the show, how dare you forget Madcap Moss versus Theory? Oh my god! Oh my god! I like Madcap Moss, you know, I really do. He is quick, quicker than a haircut uh, for a guy his size. He's got educated feet. Uh, not yet, but he'll get them. Um, is he um, a charismatic enigma? I'd say he's the best pure athlete in WWE today. Uh, is his stuff bowling shoe ugly? No. <laughs> What's the sizzle steak ratio? Oh, I'd say sixty forty in favour of sizzle right now. But uh, I, I saw Madcap Moss down in the gym the other day. Few of the guys on the roster could learn from him. <laughs> used to love that once. Like, hey, Jim Ross, any guys that you think are a bit too fat right now? Neg him. Compare him to Austin. <laughs> a lot of guys backstage coming up to me asking, how, JR, why am I not getting uh, Steve Austin money? Well, maybe you work like Steve Austin, you got Steve Austin money. What's that even mean, Jim? What have I got to become the biggest star in the business to get paid fairly? <laughs> doesn't quite work out, does it, Jim? Mark Henry's good. Guy could be great. Vader, KFC much? I don't think he... Uh, What's supposed to take from this Ross report, Jim? Madcap <laughs> Moss would do well in the Ross report. If I think that if there's a Ross report... and call him a stud. call him a stud. Uh, <laughs> he'd do one of, like, you'd get one like three months... Like, Happy Corbin's got a match it, uh, against Pat McAfee and Madcap Moss has got nothing right now, right? So odds are he's probably not going to work SummerSlam. Two months from now in Raw magazine, he'd just they'd be like third from the bottom. What the hell's going on with Madcap Moss? It's like, well, you're booking him, so you tell me. <laughs> Where's he gone? It's like Bart Gunn wins the brawl for all. Where's Bart Gunn these days? I think, right, that if there's a Ross report, Mad Cat Moss is a stud. Uh, I think he just needs to maximize his minutes. Yep. That's what it would be. Directly he'll maximize his minutes in a good match against Theory? Limitless potential, but potential doesn't pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like him. He's For a guy his size, he... Um, I don't know if it's like just like like youthful exuberance and enthusiasm, a guy that's not a killer been, athlete. Yeah, like not been beaten down by the system at all. Great uh, fundamentals. Great fundamentals. And like his body is amazing. Like he's huge. Like he's it's easier for a guy to look giant than Jack these days. And uh and he's one of them. But I think him versus Theory is sort of the worst possible booking WWE could do because they want to tell you. They want to tell you that these are two guys that are nailed on future WWE champions. It's mad, that. Which is mad because neither of them look it at the moment. So they can't show it even though WWE are telling you it. They could both progress. They absolutely could. Like, Theory is way blander than Madcap Moss and has had less to sift through, I would say, in terms of a character. But they're both they're both a bit too milquetoast for their own good at the moment and you're waiting for something to click for both of them to feel like they belong at the top of the card. And then you're putting them together and you have to, like, you have to, get fans enthusiastic about seeing them work as if this is like, what would be the comparison? The comparison would be 
and I and I genuinely believe this, by the way. So, like, this is not a bad faith comparison, but think about how worlds apart these two are. Would be like Rock and Triple H in the summer of 1998. Jesus, like Christ. you got Austin on top and you got Undertaker on top. That's an indictment. But, but Triple H and Rock are fighting for the IC title. And like, not even the ladder match at Madison Square Garden where it was blatantly going to be like a dual breakout, the fully loaded two out of three fours where, you'll remember this, like Proto Internet, we'd have been like sort of, I don't think they can do a two out of three fours match. They can't go. Chin Rock. You know, like Triple H was never as good as Sean and Chin Rock. How can they do a two out of three fours match? Turns out the match isn't great, but the star quality is out the ass. And they're both going <laughs> to make it because they got star quality out the ass. Doesn't matter that they're like slowing things down for 10 minutes because like he's still Chin Rock. They're charisma out the ass. He's got charisma out the ass. The X in the nation, popular out the ass, right? Merchandise out the out ass. Out the goddamn ass. But like Madcap Moss and Theory are right now is Triple H Rock of Summer 98. There, is there content in Chin Rock? 10 wrestling criticisms you totally didn't know about. Board of Austin. Austin's matches are just fights in the crowd. Yeah. Like. Chin Rock. Austin needs to turn heel before WrestleMania 17. Austin needs to turn heel. Like 10. <laughs> what if Twitter was around back then? It was. It was called ICQ. RSPW. In internet. 10 Mate. wrestling legends you didn't know were like. Rubbish. <laughs> you didn't know that fans were sick of. Because yeah. uh, Chin Rock. Use Chin Rocks. It's your it's your idea. Use Chin Rock as the, the launch point for that one. It took a lot of grief. But what I'm suggesting is, is that Rock and Triple H were way further along than, than Theory and Madcap Moss are right now. This one, Theory will win, I guess. They've got him running around like a tit in the presence of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Stars. He's the one guy. Remember when Brock and Goldberg were fighting at WrestleMania and neither of them had any, like Brock was leaving. And Goldberg didn't have any dates left other than Mania. He was like, I'm not turning up. Yeah. You can off. So they basically had to pivot into Brock versus Austin. And Austin, the referee, was doing the legwork for this dream match at WrestleMania 20. Before we knew Brock was off as well, it was Austin pissing around on his bike, on his, yes. uh, on his ATV. That's theory. He just, there's Brock, there's Roman. The only there's nothing to compared. build. Yeah. Well, I know. Other than the fact they were both called Austin, that's the only comparison. It's a segue. How do they build Roman Brock? By theory, saying you need to watch your backs because me with my no credibility and my briefcase are going to cash no one here. That's that's how they build it. I've got an impromptu game here. Let's do it. Do you want to play it? Yeah. We've got uh, this impromptu game, three games to round Ooh. off this podcast. Right. Do, the, um, do his buttons work? I don't know. We can't they, they can hear it. What was that one then? I don't know because it's not on the. Yeah, it's not on the. We're, video, like, we're, we're not professionals. We're not yeah. broadcast professionals. Do you think it's the wrestling culture music and it's just playing while we keep talking? I did turn it off. No, 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 no. I think I turned it off. Now he's skitzing us out now. Press another one and that'll kill it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that was. Look forward to listening to this. So the first of three games. Yeah. And because there's other storylines, but already, no one really cares about them. Like Drew and Sheamus might have an impromptu match. Oh, yeah, Drew. Um, Bent his sword on the gimmicked cut rope last week. Sword, yes. Sword bent when he cut it. Drew's but he didn't there. have a match with Sheamus, even though it was announced, mm-hmm. and had a one-minute main event instead. Yeah. So they're probably going to do Sh- Drew and Sheamus tonight? Yeah, definitely. They'll or will they do Drew and Sheamus at SummerSlam to decide who goes on to Clash at the Castle? Well, possibly, yeah. Um, I was going to say there, there is a very good chance they'll do in a more contenders match because Drew's called his shot and then nothing has happened to actually say that he's going to have this match. So maybe that. I do think genuine, like a storyline development I'm actually interested in uh, even though they've gone a stupid way about building it. So we'll just cover this quickly now and then get onto the games and the fun stuff. Uh, Sami Zayn tonight will surely campaign to be the guest referee for Street Profits versus Usos. And it's so weird in WWE that a referee, a professional referee, 
misses a shoulder being raised. And WWE's solution is, well, we need a wrestler to do that job then, rather than another professional. Like, that is insane. I hate Don't it Don't call so that much. good storytelling because it's not. It's I hate thick. it so much. It's super thick, right? However, in all seriousness, Sami Zayn's latest attempt to help the bloodline by being the referee and bodging it no less and the Street Profits getting the getting justice and Sami Zayn eating some sh- and the Usos being like, what the hell have you done? That's pretty good stuff Yeah, in the, where they're at. I would rather Drew not work SummerSlam and them do the old two referees gimmick. And Drew and Sammy be like, because Drew's obviously the bit, he wants the bloodline to get what's coming to them yes. to build a Roman match. Sammy's going to try and save it. And the two of them, like basically dual referees or refing in front. Like Sammy's the ref. And Brian. Yeah, like he thinks it's in the pocket. Like, oh, uh, no, it was Brian and Shane McMahon. Yeah, Brian and Shane. I'm like, sure people like, that match was great. No, it wasn't. It, it, just, was, it was a just, disaster. It, it was just Shane and Brian just squabbling. Yeah. But like, if you had, Sammy Zane gets the referees gig. And he's just like, because Adam Pearce is corrupt, isn't he? So he gets to the right and he's like thinking, this is great. Like, oos, we got this. All this sort of stuff. Really funny doing all that. And then because Adam Pearce isn't consistent, he's like, Sammy, I've been noticing that you've been uh, biased. So I can't let this stand. Drew's going to be the enforcer. Yes. And they do it something like that. I'd prefer that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. To the number one contenders match. I don't hate that at all. Yeah. And uh, this guest referee thing, Sammy Zane can elevate it. It's Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. Yeah. Can we play the first of three games? Yes. Right, the first of three games, right? And it's just popped into my head. I'm very excited about this, right? Because Roman Reigns just doesn't want to be there anymore, which yeah. is so weird. I reckon there's certain stories that of the biggest WWE stories of 2022, I think that might be linked in ways that people didn't think possible. Oof. Why is, what, no one asked, why is Roman just decided to not go and be there as often? <laughs> That story, speaking of stories being linked, that story broke uh, just after the second Wall Street Journal drop 
It was like, uh, Vince McMahon's got on a plane to Canada to try and convince John Cena to work at WrestleMania. And it was like, uh, I wonder why John Cena suddenly needs convincing to work at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, dare, I dare say that's probably something to do with the Wall Street Journal drop. Yes. You know, like the, and maybe the Roman Reigns, maybe he's looking at this and thinking. And what's really interesting about that is that if he's on the phone to The Rock, what's The Rock's advice going to be? You know, when it comes to about like making the move to Hollywood or yeah. whatever your next step is, The Rock's going to be saying, stick around, me and you are going to work at WrestleMania. He's going to be saying, He's in the press. Get the hell out. Get the hell out. Oops. That's pure speculation yeah. on our part. But regardless of the reason why he's very rarely there, Roman Reigns is very rarely there. And I don't mm. think he's scheduled to be there tonight, nor is Brock. They would advertise the hell out of them if they to were. work extreme rules because it's just like it's a and, uh, Saturday. And I was I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Uh, right. So the game now is which Metallica song is going to soundtrack the Roman versus Brock video package because mm. it's often was it friend tick tick tock oh that was Killer Cross wasn't it Carrie Cross <laughs> what was the one for oh not me long I don't know I think the the one for Wrestlemania this year what was it I don't remember and your look runs out I'm just I basically was that where, for the Undertaker's video no it's for like, they had a Metallica song uh, that soundtrack the Roman and Brock video package for Wrestlemania this year did they I remember Metallica featuring on the oh, Undertaker oh not me long <laughs> I just want to do headfield voices for the game. Okay, that's fine. Brock and Romans. He tried to play this game for five freaking minutes, pal. It's, it's all right. It's, bought, it's got to the mid-roll. Yes, it's true. Uh, footage of Brock and Roman matches made to look better than they actually were while they just loop. And the memories remain. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, got I uh, hate Metallica. I put it out there. Ride the Lightning in Master of Puppets yeah. are masterpieces. They weren't part of my... Um, you know, like, you like, certain, no, this is not everybody, so I'm not going to just pretend this is a universal experience. Some people's like, you know, Ariana Grande. Just, well, just like music, full stop, and it never really, but like, there's certain bands that become your education, like guitar music or something like that. And I've got an older brother who was going through a massive, um, like, hair metal stage when I was much younger, and thus was like massively influenced by uh, late 80s hair metal with the influences of that. So Rainbow were a big one for me. Richie Blackmore noodling away with a guitar for hours and then I was just wowed by that. And I found that sort of bombastic 80s cock rock, like, ugh, too much. What about Is This Love by Survivor? Uh, is this love that like, I'm feeling? I like Is This Love by Whitesnake. Uh, Whitesnake. There's, and there's the difference. I like both. Yeah, see, I, I don't really know the Why Survivor. Why not both? I don't really know the Survivor one, but I like the Whitesnake one. That's the, you've perfectly defined the difference there. Yes. Um, although I haven't said that, I do like Scorpions. And they're all about... Kiak. Like, so I don't know. Give her inches. It's one of their lyrics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think it is. Give her inches. I like uh, like when they sort of got a bit more generic and weird oh, yeah. rather than sick stuff. I just, I just like pretty horny Europeans. But, yeah, it got like, that was a bit too, bit too weird for me. It was a bit grim. I preferred it when they got out on tour and just did songs about like rackets and stuff like that. I'd, it was probably an uh, allusion to his kiak. Probably, <laughs> probably uh, uh, a euphemism for his euphemism. <laughs> they actually had a song called Dynamite. That's like, it's just the end of the song. It's just a refrain where he keeps screaming dynamite. Someone on Twitter who's like pretty good with like Photoshop and MP4 clips, do the dynamite intro and put the scorpions Yes. On. Do that. It was in fact, all night man long and then your luck runs out. <laughs> <laughs> That soundtrack. <laughs> I had feel the funniest guy, man. I first heard Enter Sandman. It's like yeah. when you're first getting into rock. Yeah. Like that, I was like, oh, that's absolutely awesome. So I got Black Album and then I went, I went, 
I think I got uh, load or reload. And then I got Puppets and Lightning. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the best of. And then after Puppets and Lightning, it's like, why are you doing this with your voice? <laughs> and I just couldn't get on board with any of the hard rock Metallica phase after that. But all night, man, long, and then your luck runs out. <laughs> what was the one? It must have been, like, either when they turned heel in the whole Napster deal or when they were doing St. Anger, where, like, the video... I would always flick over, you know, in the music channel loop, you just infinitely flick the music channels, like Kerrang, The Box, MTV, MTV2, and just go around and around until you finally like... And the video would always start, and it was, like, this big desert, and the guy goes, Hey, 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 and then I would flick over. What was that one? Like, ain't like, no massive, ain't no massive there for me. Yeah, maybe. I disappear. Yes. From Mission... Long, that one. And then your luck runs out. <laughs> <laughs> that was from the Mission Impossible 2 soundtrack. Yes, it's all along with me now. I don't know why what you want to hate me. The real hit from the Mission Impossible it's soundtrack. All really lately. Right, roll a word in shame lately. <laughs> Why's <laughs> it Jim Ross? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Ross on the Ross report, <laughs> but with the lyrics. Now this black cat gets a rap from his critics. <laughs> Remember <laughs> when he talked about the size of his hat? This old oaky in his 10x resist old hat thinks the big show could really go, but not to Burger King. <laughs> Assume me where I'm gone. The Ross Report. Jim Ross, lead singer of Metallica. Jim Hetfield. Good old J.H. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, that's some touch at that. Anyway, what Metallica song is going to soundtrack? Oh, yeah. This match pretty boring. I was after Never Neverland. What's it? What are we doing? What Metallica song is going to soundtrack in lieu of their actually appearing live, which will not happen? Yeah. They're going to create a video package. It's a bit early because I have to have the storyline first. They'll do it. That I one, think. that Memories Remain one. Is that what it's called? Memories Remain. And just seeing like German sequences. <laughs> <laughs> That's Marianne Faithful's. Back if it is, though, isn't it? He sounded like the start Marianne of Marianne Faithful. That's what it sounded like. I, I don't know. He sounded like the start of, to me there, it sounded like the start of, is it, um, What's that Offspring song? Where they go, yeah. ah, Self-esteem. Pod- this podcast is brilliant. It's, it's great. Did you see Self-esteem at Glastonbury? What? Did you see Self-esteem at Glastonbury? Did you see what she did? No. Absolutely class. So she came out in like a black suit. Eight like, minutes. You have not answered the question for this I, game, but go on. And had uh, like what looked a lot of people thought was a tribute to the Madonna cone bra. All right. Right. Because, like, that was uh, the look, I guess. It, it appeared that she was aping. It was, like, big Glastonbury moment for a big tribute. It was not that. It was a great, like, hidden meanings behind Glastonbury attires thing, if I'd have been able to write the article. Like, so, you know, like, it was a dome-shaped bra. Like, and it turned out that she was just, had, like, these really happy memories of when she was a kid, the Meadow Hall Shopping Centre's domed roof, and she got the roofs made into her ah. outfit for Glastonbury. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. It was really cool. But self-esteem's pretty cool. What Metallica song? That one, that memories remain. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like eight Metallica songs, and most of them are the ones because they've been used in music. I think Metallica stuck ass. <laughs> I think Metallica could really go if they spent six months in OVW. Yeah. Like this is true. I think, right, that uh, <laughs> because of the priority of this match is taken over everything since yeah. literally the middle point of the last decade. Yes, it is absolutely killing anything I loved about WWE this match. Nothing else matters. Oh, yes, that is good. Myself in the storm. I don't Isn't know the song rubbish, though? Isn't it more like one of their... It's a very well-constructed rock ballad. 
that was clearly, this is a breakthrough hit. It's incredibly corny. I've got a guitar mate who like ruins, you know, like your stats mate with football. I've got a guitar mate that ruins all music and he loves nothing else matters because of the science of it. Like he'll blind me with the science of it. But I was like, well, what if I don't like the sound of it? Like I kind of, I can't speak to, I don't like the record, yeah. even if you've explained to me how the guitar, like the technical side of the guitar playing in it is unbelievable. So I think Nothing Else Matters, while the most appropriate possible Metallica song or song in general mm. to soundtrack this feud is a little bit like maudlin, a little bit like sort of uh, like meaningful and slow and it doesn't suit pro wrestling at all. Yeah. So instead of that, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that much I desire. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fuel. Okay. Fuel. And your luck runs out. <laughs> there it is. Um, right. Another game. Oh, uh, disappear. Second of three. Yeah. We'll each play not 20 questions. Get in. So, explain the game for the listeners. Not 20 questions is a game that we love playing in the What Culture offices, whereby it's sort of inverse of 20 questions. If you've never played that, you get 20 questions with yes and no answers only for to guess the celebrity or the person you think, no, whatever. Not 20 questions, you get one, and that is to guess the name of the celebrity, and then the game's over. So, Sidgwick, for a perfect example, I am thinking of a celebrity. Um, is it Des Lynham? Oh, close. It was Katy Perry. Oh, right, and okay. That's not 20 questions works. Because so that's such a web of a game yeah. there's so many layers to it because you don't want to go too obvious because nope. you want to pop the other person with mm-hmm. like a really sort of a niche celebrity who's like where the bloody hell's Des Lynham been but then what if they get them it's the greatest moment in the world if somebody was to actually get one I know like the pop would be absolutely if ever if we keep this game going as a podcast regular which you know when it comes to the Smackdown preview we absolutely should it sort of feels like the pop would be earth shattering the, the day it will have put in the work for the day that it finally yes. happens won't it so have you got a wrestler? Is that what we're doing? Not 20 questions wrestler? Or is it to, yes, fit, is it to fit a role? We've got two two games, yeah. Okay. So we've got not 20, not, um, 20 questions, but it's celebrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll also do not 20 wrestlers. Yeah. Wait, it's usual process of elimination, but as Hamlet explained, it's just a potluck guess. Mm-hmm. For the huge pap if you ever get it. So give me a second. I shall think of a professional wrestler. Go, I've got one. Ah... I've worked for you nearly six years now. I can read you like a book. One of your books. A good one. Uh, Wild Bill Irwin. No, it was Prince Ikea. He's on my 18th next guest. A Smackdown-themed game to finish off this podcast now. Um, Actually, because we never really talked about this because we don't really talk about the Fed in the office. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Max Dupree? Maximum male models. Well, like any good WWE idea, it's the best thing in my entire life and world for six weeks. I love the bones of this. It's, um, I think, on a, it must have been with Wilborn on like last week's SmackDown. It's basically, they're still doing retribution, but now the semantic field is modeling. Yeah. Like, they've, remember when, like, the, like, and this was really odd. Like, remember when, like, retribution tweets got over with a certain bunch of people and it was all just how the letters looked funny? Yes. That's still happening. Like, Marseille and Mansoir, that's still happening, but now it's they're fashion guys. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's so well played. We've said this a million times now that I hope people get it and understand it when we talk about this. If you are a, a quote-unquote real wrestler trying to be a real wrestling champion and rise up the ranks and pretending this is a sport in WWE, you are in the wrong company. This is not, the, this is not that company. This is a company where there's goo and there's dolls and there's fiends and there's... Not uh, anymore, sadly. No. And there's identical twins and there's models. 
There's maximum male models. Does it matter what they do in wrestling matches? Absolutely not right now. They're dressing like tennis players and they've got funny <coughs> names. Max Dupree, legitimately, by the way, is pretty excellent. Talk about elevating bad material all the time. A whole deal he had where he would like invade somebody's personal space when he was doing it with Pierce. And he was like talking to his Adam's apple, basically. <laughs> like he was just, he, he, like, in his mind, that's how close he should be getting. The reasons they delayed it were fantastic. The actual delivery was even better than the delay, which almost never happens in WWE. Why did they delay it? I, I must have missed that week. The, I think there was two weeks where I delayed it, which in hindsight was probably, I don't know, freaking one of them had COVID or something. Because the idea was clearly good to go, but for whatever reason I had to delay. But Max Dupree, the former LA Knight, the former Eli Drake, is, for me, doing his best work that is entirely his. Because he's done some good work with kind of Rock and Austin. Kind of borrowed from a couple of other guys. So, like, this is all him, and he's absolutely nailing it. And, like, Mansour and Miss are 100% committed, and that's all I ever want to see in WWE. When you're... Fed, absolute nonsense. If you commit to the bit, there's a good chance you'll get it over. This fun will die. This fun will absolutely die. There will be a time where they're running around chasing a 24-7 title or they've run out of creative ways to make the most of the models. This fun will die. So I would advise anybody, if you're getting your kicks out of it at the moment, to enjoy it because it will pass. Indeed. I just like the naming convention. Mansoir. It's brilliant. Massé. Massé. And all the ridiculous... Also, this... Uh, send in your picture and be on me a model thing on Twitter. It's great. It's absolutely inspired because I think people saw that and if people were like, oh, yeah, whatever. Some people actually sent the pictures in and he started the thread, Max Dupree. It is dangerous because Twitter's horrible. Oh, yeah. And some people are going to be accidentally subjected to awful, vile bullying. But, uh, but on the plus side, Max Dupree is getting some really fantastic patter out of it. And... By threading them, he's encouraging more people to engage with it. Yeah. Which, in, like, the two things will grow for one another. There was a guy in it called, like, I think his name was, like, Deoderic or something like that. D-I-O-R-D-E-R-Y-K. Deoderic. And then Max Dupree was, like, he banters off the picture, whatever, and then says, Deoderic, what kind of name is that? How am I supposed to remember how to type that? Why can't I have something obvious like Marcel Mansoir with all the little yeah. things of the letters? That's pretty like, cool. This is brilliant. This is really good. So the game, to round off this, uh, whatever this podcast was, <laughs> is who, using the WWE roster alumni page, yeah. is going to be introduced as the next part of Maximum Male Models. Usual rules apply. Mm-hmm. Just press stop after about 10 seconds or so. I don't know how Wilborn does this, like. Um, anyway... So this is the alumni, so it goes for... So I want you to say, uh, stop, and then pick a number between one and four. Stop. Three. Oh, my God, right. You almost had literally the most perfect answer possible, literally the most ridiculous answer possible. Like, I can't, I'm not doing hyperbole or a bit yeah. here. You almost had, on this row, uh-huh. the most Perfect person for the entire group in the entire world. I've been trying since realistic this game for Rick Mon Martel. Oh, this maybe the joint, the one to okay. the A. Then the most ridiculous possible. And then someone who could kind of fit in as well. But unfortunately you went for the most boring option. Oh no. That's like a description of my entire life. Carry on. So you went for Goldberg. Oh. Right. Who could you have had? That is the most ridiculous, like literally the most ridiculous doesn't belong in a male model faction ever. Uh, but think about the alphabetical. Yeah, yeah. well, Gold Dust has got a feature on that role, hasn't he? He was, uh, yes, but that was that was four. That was four. So, so descending got, order, Gold, Gold Dust, Goldberg. Goldberg. Mm. I don't think you'll get this. No. My mind's going like that. The first person I thought was Gilberg because of the Goldberg comparison, and that's just not 
Like, that's not patter enough. He's on the row above. Yeah. Uh, Grayson Waller's not alumni. I don't know. No, yeah, I'm blanking. Gobbledygooker. Oh. He doesn't even have a face. If this was like November time, if this was around yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah, they'd, they'd do, do that. Yeah. They'd do a bit. And the first guy <laughs> is Giovanni Vinci. Oh, He's like, obviously there, should yeah. be in it. He's the guy for right now, isn't he? He is the guy. Is he but, on the alumni page? I, th- I think it's just everyone. I thought like maybe they'd retired him and not told him. Sorry, you I think it's just everyone, like people who are still there. Yeah. And so on one row, you've got Joel Briscoe, Giant Gonzalez, Gigi Dolan, and Gilberg. Um, you've almost got like one of the, the all-time great pro wrestling law, historically great roles you'll ever get. Gordon Soley, Gorgeous George, Gorilla Monsoon, Grand Metal League. <laughs> <laughs> Then you've got, let's find a funny, another funny role here. <laughs> like Survivor Series teams. Uh, is there an all AEW role? No, there isn't. That would be, that's probably, that's coming that's, it's yeah. coming soon, if not already. Um, we'll do one more role. I can understand why these previews go so long. Aye, they're great, man. I can understand why these There's no wrestling to so talk long. about, so it's just a nice opportunity to catch up. Um, I'm just going to find, God, this is wild. Julius Creed, mm-hmm. June Byers, <laughs> Junkyard Dog, Jushin Thunder Liger. I love that because, like, that is, again, like, uh, so who was the first one? Julius Creed? Yes. you got Julius Creed, June Byers, Junkyard Dog, and I've just gone back up there. That is a Ross Report thing where, like, uh, had a great chat with Julius Creed this morning. Recommended he watch some uh, June Byers and Junkyard Dog tapes. Liger. And Liger. We'll see if he follows the advice. <laughs> Negging him into doing what he's told. Do one more row. Um, June Byers. I'm gone out of steam. <laughs> Your look runs out. Ah, Rick Flair, Ricardo Rodriguez, Rich Swan, and Rick Boogs. Oh. Um, right, okay. Thanks for listening. Um, if you think of, you know, who's going to win between Theory and Mad Cat Moss, <laughs> let us know underneath the Twitter link at WhatCultureWWE. And whilst you're there, you can also... If you could possibly give a tiny sh- about any of this. If you can... Whilst you're there, you might as well follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at M. Cedric. Once again, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. But, you know, swim around any podcast feed. You'll find an altogether more earnest preview of AEW Rampage there as well. And there'll be some stuff dropping over the weekend, I'm sure, maybe. Um, hopefully, in terms of building noise and content schedules, normal service will resume next week. But until now, thank you very much for joining us, especially on this podcast. Sorry, we went to a bit this too long. <laughs> to this moment, because you must be absolutely committed, and we thank everyone who uh, just, you know. <laughs> I've just seen the runtime. Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.